Plus, I was worried about my old friend Andre. This was his first off-site catered meal since he'd retired four years ago. And he was a basket case. I opened the van's side door and heaved up the box containing the savory Florentine cheesecakes I'd made for the buffet. I expertly slammed the door with my foot, crossed the rushing water, and carefully climbed the stone steps to the cabin. On the deck, I took another deep breath, rebalanced my load, then pushed through the massive wooden door. Workers bustled about a brightly lit, log-lined, high-beamed great room. I rested my box on a bench and stood for a few minutes, ignored by the swirl of activity. Frowning, I found it challenging to comprehend my surroundings. Two workers called to each other about where to move the scrim, which I finally deduced was a mounted swath of fabric designed to diffuse the photographer's light. The two men moved on to clamping movable eight-foot-square wood screens, flats, I soon learned, into place. The flats formed a three-sided frame for the set, Meanwhile, other folks rushed to and fro, laden with hair dryers, notebooks, makeup trays, tripods, and camera equipment. Hoisting my box, I tried to figure out where Andre might be. As I moved along, the models were easy to spot. Muscular young men and impossibly slender women, all with arrestingly sculpted faces, leaned against the log walls or slumped in the few stripped bark bentwood chairs. The model's expressions were frozen in first day of school apprehension. And no wonder. They were about to undergo the cattle call for the famed Prince and Grogan Christmas catalog. Prince and Grogan was an upscale Denver department store. Auditioning to model Santa print pajamas for their ads had to be anxiety-creating. I plowed a crooked path to what I hoped was the kitchen entrance— As I feared, the dark, cramped cooking space featured plywood glued along the one wall not covered by cupboards. Above the plywood, a dusty lamp hung to illuminate the battered sink. Next to the sink, buckled linoleum counters abutted a gas oven that didn't look much newer than a covered wagon's camp stove. In the center of the uneven wood floor, short, paunchy, white-haired Andre Hibbard surveyed the room with open dissatisfaction. As usual, my old friend and mentor, who had made a rare compromise when he'd immigrated, anglicizing his name from Hébert to Hibbard, sported a pristine white chef's jacket that hugged his pot belly. His black pants were knife-creased, his black shoes were shiny and spotless. When he saw me, his rosebud mouth puckered into a frown. Thank goodness! His plum-colored cheeks shook. The silvery curls lining his neck trembled. Are these people pigs that I have to work in this trough? I may need money, but I have standards. I put down my box, gave him a quick hug, and sniffed a trace of his spicy cologne. Andre, you're never happy, but I'm here, and I brought the non-meat entree you requested. Main dish cheesecakes made with gruyere and spinach. He tisked while I checked the ancient oven's illegible thermostat. The oven is hot. Whose recipe is it? Julian Teller's, now training to become a vegetarian chef. 
I lifted the cakes from the box and slid them into the oven to reheat. Now, put me to work. I helped Andre pour out the tangy sauces that would accompany the delicate spring rolls he'd stuffed with fat steamed shrimp, sprigs of cilantro, and lemongrass. Then we stirred chopped pears into the red wine vinaigrette, counted cornbread biscuits, Parker House rolls, and sourdough baguettes, and discussed the layout of the buffet. Prince and Grogan was the client of record. But the fashion photography studio, Ian's Images, was running the show. Ian Hood does fashion photography for money, Andre announced as he checked his menu, and nature photography for fun. You know this? In Andre's scratched, overloaded red cooking equipment box, one I knew well from our days at his restaurant, I pushed aside his garlic press and salamander.